The text we'll be considering this morning is from Isaiah chapter 63. Isaiah writes, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I delight greatly in the Lord, My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As the bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seed to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations." This is the word of our God. Let's pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What comes to your mind when you hear the word change? It's a word that causes differing opinions. Some say change is good. Some say change is bad. Others say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's been a lot of change here at Mount Olive. Mount Olive received its first vicar. The seasons have changed from summer to fall and almost winter. The seasons of the church year have changed From end times to now, Advent. That's a lot of change wrapped up in just a few months. We all here have changed as well. As we grow older day by day, change is inevitable. The prophet Isaiah describes another change we all share. And that's the change from spiritual death and darkness the spiritual life and light accomplished only by the Messiah. Today, in our text for our consideration, Isaiah describes how our marvelous Messiah completes our exceptional change. He saw our brokenness and changed us to be glorious. In the second half of the book of Isaiah, chapters 40 through 66, There are four different descriptions of a servant of the Lord. As I recount these four different descriptions, see if you can pick out who is being described. The first song in the second part of Isaiah describes a servant who will be a light for the Gentiles and who will have the Spirit of the Lord placed upon him. The second song describes a servant who will bring salvation to the ends of the earth. 
The third song describes the servant who was beaten and spit upon. And the fourth song describes the servant who would be led like a lamb to the slaughter and not fight back. Who do these four songs represent? They represent the anointed one, the Messiah. In the first verse of Isaiah chapter 61, the narrator here speaks in only a way that can be the Messiah. For he said that he had the spirit of the sovereign Lord upon him because he was anointed by the Lord. The Messiah, Jesus, uses these same exact words in Luke chapter 4 when he stands before the synagogue at Nazareth. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus at his baptism and showed to those who witnessed Jesus' baptism that Jesus was the Messiah and his ministry was about to begin. John the Baptist was not the Messiah. John the Baptist said it himself in the gospel, I am not the Christ, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Let's go back to Isaiah now. Isaiah was a prophet. He prophesied to the people of Judah about their impending destruction. And after their destruction, the people of Judah realized the seriousness and the gravity of their sin. But before this, they lived in rebellion to God They didn't care what he had to say. His commandments meant nothing to them. They didn't really want to hear his threats of punishment because he's a loving God. They were satisfied in pleasing themselves. Before we pile on the people of Judah too much and wonder why they wouldn't take God's threats of punishment seriously, we need to take a step down and examine our own lives as well. As followers of the Messiah, God wants us to flee sin and its temptation. Try as we might, we fail. We're born into sin and we sin day after day after day. We're exactly like the people of Judah. God, you have too many commandments that are to be remembered each day as we live. There's just too many to remember. Or your commandments are too restricting, God. So what if I covet my neighbor's house or value my time and talents and money over you and your word? Who cares? Or how fair is it, God, that those who completely deny you are way more blessed than I am? That's totally not fair. I've followed you my whole life. Bless me. Don't bless them. That's quite the laundry list of sins, isn't it? And it's only just a small fraction of the sins we deal with as followers of the Messiah. Our sin rules our lives and crushes us every day. When we measure ourselves up against the Ten Commandments, we realize that we've broken every single one and we're left spiritually broken. And we realize 
All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, a vase, when it hits the ground and shatters into a million pieces, that's how we're left when we sin. That's how spiritually broken we are, seemingly can't be fixed. And this brokenness further separates us from God and leaves us in fear of what will happen to us. We try to break away from sin, but we're unable to break away from sin and and are led into further despair and trouble. And ultimately, where will sin and its brokenness lead us to eternal punishment in hell? We're left to wonder, will anyone change our broken condition? The short answer is yes. There's one man who can save us from despair and destruction. There's one man who can change our broken condition. There's one man who came into this world, faced the same temptations we do, and did not sin. There's only one man who can claim perfection and change our hearts and our lives. And that is our perfect Savior, Jesus, the Messiah. The people of Judah would feel the heavy hand of the Lord while they suffered in Babylon. Their lives would become a mess. We feel the heavy hand of the Lord upon us when we sin, and our lives are messy too. And we, along with the people of Judah, thirst for positive news, and that's exactly what we've received from the Messiah himself, because he was sent to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom, for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. What a relief. Our Savior Jesus came into Bethlehem and took all of our sins upon himself. Isn't that great news? He became sin for us that we might receive his righteousness. We know that we're not worthy to receive this wonderful gift of righteousness That's the power that Jesus has to work change in our hearts and our lives. I consider it pure joy, and I'm sure you do too, when Jesus says to you, takes you by the side and puts his hand around you and says, Friend, I've seen your sin, and I've seen your struggle with it. Take heart, my friend. I've forgiven your sin. And I'll remember it never Again. Wow. That is the greatest news we could ever hear. That brings us so much joy to know that our sins are forgiven. The joy of owning a new house, a new car, a new boat will never match that joy of forgiveness that Jesus won for us with his suffering and death on the cross. Because of this, our Messiah's work, his life, death, In resurrection, we're now called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. What an interesting picture Isaiah uses here. He describes us as oaks. The Hebrew word translated is translated into terebinth. Terebinth trees are strong and durable. 
that's what we are in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord's not shy to display us because he has strengthened our faith and gives us the strength to beat back the devil and his temptations and tell the devil, you can never beat us. The Lord knows that the change he's worked in our hearts and lives is for our eternal good. Isaiah paints another beautiful picture for us. We're no longer clothed in ashes and sitting in mourning. We've now received righteousness and salvation. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. The clothes we once wore were dirty and filthy. Through the Messiah's life, death, and resurrection, we've now received our heavenly attire. This saving work accomplished by the Messiah was accomplished for all people. It's unfortunate that there are those who reject his saving work and neglect their heavenly attire and live lives pleasing themselves. They don't live as changed children of God. As changed children of God, let us never forget that we could never remove our sin-stained garments we once wore. The Messiah did it all for us. These works of righteousness and salvation weren't ours. They were the Messiah's. Through the Messiah's victory, we now receive that righteousness and salvation. Let's join the prophet Isaiah and always delight in our Lord and rejoice always in our God. I consider it a great joy and blessing to be able to worship with you every week and study God's word and thank him for all that he's done and I'm sure you feel the same way. The Messiah indeed is worthy of our praise. He's especially worthy of our praise because he came into this world as a baby born in Bethlehem to save us from our sins. God didn't have to send us his Messiah, but he did because of his great love and mercy for us. Remember the exceptional change the Messiah has worked in our lives. He's changed our lives drastically. He saw our dirty clothes and clothed us with his righteousness and salvation. What an exceptional change. Let's always have joy in our hearts and praise on our lips when we consider this exceptional change. Our marvelous Messiah, he loves to hear our praise. Amen.